What is up, everyone? Happy Saturday and welcome to another of our Bay Area market update. Every week, Saturday morning, live, I go over what has been going on with the news, what is going on with some of the things happening in the local Bay Area real estate market. And this is a live QA. So if you're able to tune in live either on my social media channels or on YouTube, you can feel free to ask any questions, leave any comments, share any articles. And I may be able to pull that up and go over that in real time. But let's go over the news of the week. We got several things I want to go over. Number one, one bedroom rents shoot up in Sunnyvale, Campbell, Redwood City, based off of a Zumper report, up 34%. Absolutely incredible growth when it comes to rentals. Weekly mortgage applications plummet 14% higher as higher interest rates in Hurricane Ian crush demand. Let's talk about what does that mean? How what does that mean moving forward? We have uh, the top 20 list again. And one of these cities in the Bay Area con continuously is in the top 20. So let's talk about which one that is. And you may take a guess. Don't forget to leave it in the comments below if you want to take a guess of which one it may be. And then last but not least, we got a few more local Bay Area real estate news. There's always activity happening. And so we just got a lot to cover. Oh, yes, it is Fleet Week this week, by the way. I'm going to be heading to Fleet Week right after this video. But let's talk about the rental side of things. Sunnyvale one-bedroom rent shoots up 34% in a year. That's the incredible part. Almost close to what a one-bedroom rental would be in San Francisco at 3100 Mountain View, the neighbor, the third highest at 2950 which is interesting because house prices in Mountain View are actually higher than uh than Sunnyvale. So it's kind of interesting that the one the bedroom rentals in Sunnyvale are actually doing better even than Mountain View. San Mateo 2950, Campbell 2910. This is for a median rent for a one bedroom in September. Year over year, Sunnyvale led the Bay Area in rent growth with the cost of a one bedroom up 34% since the same time last year. Other Bay Area cities had large jumps in rent over the past year, all located in the South Bay Peninsula. Man, if you've been watching this, how many times I've been telling you, San Mateo County, South Bay have done extremely well. Campbell, 29% increase in one year. Redwood City, 28%. San Mateo, 27%. San Jose, 26%. Take a look at the two bedrooms. So two bedrooms, San Francisco is still topping the list at $41.70 a month. Followed by Mountain View, which is $37.90, Sunnyvale $36.60, and Emeryville $36.50. Why is this happening? There are so many reasons why this is happening. And it shouldn't be a surprise. When a lot of people give up on searching for a home, what do they do instead? They had the ability to buy $1 million, $2 million, $3 million homes. They still have the ability to do that. Nothing has actually changed. Interest rates increased by 1%, 2%, 3%. It just means their budget has dropped slightly. Does not mean they can't buy a home, but they have a ton of money still, and they still have a ton of money. So what do they do? They all compete in the rental space. So number one, they fight, They have way more demand for rentals. Number two, the other thing is there's all this return to work. This is so evident. If you do not realize it, it's very, very clear. Otherwise, why would people be paying this kind of amount of rent in such core areas? They could just go to Dublin to rent if they wanted to. Right, they can go to the Contra Costa County. You can see, as you can see here, Vallejo is uh, $1,600 a month. Right, If you really have that kind of flexibility of work and you don't really need to be in the office, then you can pay half the amount. But that's not the case. 
People are still living in prime locations for a reason. And it's not because of for fun. It's because they know they need to be back in the office. There's a lot of return to office. They want to be around coworkers. They want to be around other people. This is back to the reality, back to what it was before. And um, and it's very, very evident. So this is why you see rent over rent, year over year increases just staggering. Just absolutely staggering. And so this is just goes back to having that conversation with yourself. If you stop looking, would you rather pay 34% increase of rents? Does that make sense financially on your end versus just finding a smaller place or flying something within your budget that works for you? That's your own decision to make. But for many people, it should be a no-brainer with how exorbitant it has been. And you think it's getting worse, potentially. So that's been a very staggering increase and something to be mindful of. Now, what about the purchase market? Mortgage applications plummet 14% as higher interest rates and hurricane in crush demand. Well, this is remember, this is on a macro level. And it makes sense. I mean, Florida has been super shut down uh, for uh, the last week as they have to deal with now these challenges. Um, a situation like this is, is pretty uh, incredible because what happens is like, there's just a lot less activity that's going to be happening. So the transaction volume would plummet also in a lot of those areas got impacted in Florida. So don't be surprised with that uh, because that's a real life situation that, that occurred. But either way, this makes sense, right? Because mortgage applications will be a combination of different things, including purchase and refinance. Refinance is very, very few people will be doing that these days because most have been fortunate to have locked in a rate at 3 4%. So why would you want to do a refinance at this stage when it's nearly uh, double? Same with mortgage applications. So mortgage applications will decline. That being said, it's all relative. So look like this. Mortgage applications fell 13% for the week and were a steep 37% lower year over year. That actually aligns a lot closely to what, um, what, uh, what the purchase transaction volume would likely be. We had a very high transaction volume year last year, which is the highest in record. That being said, a decline of 37% is expected and it has already occurred. Now, if you compare that against 2019, we're probably about maybe 10, 15% lower than those numbers. So as you can see, it's all relative to what the timelines will be. When you have an artificially high number, which is like last year, then you'll, you'll be uh, anticipating this. And it certainly does not help if the Fed wants to keep a raising race to continue to impact the mortgage industry and the housing industry. So that continues to be um, something we'll continue to monitor. But that's what's been going on and is normal. Now, as you saw on my video last week, so if you haven't tuned into the video last week on last Saturday, we're actually going over the data itself so that you can see are there actually more transaction volumes happening or the things um, or where is the market at? Excuse me. So those are the things to be mindful of as you go about your search. There are lots of opportunities out there. That being said, you're actually going to potentially see less new listings moving forward just in general, unless these things change because some will decide not to sell or they're not comfortable in selling at the number of what the market would be. Now let's talk about the 20 money's top 20 best places to live in the U.S., and so I want to highlight here because the city that constantly shows up is Fremont. 
So Fremont continues to be in the top 20 list of, of places that people want to live in and best places to live in. And I get it. Fremont is a, a sprawling suburb. There is still new construction, new developments happening really around the BART stations. So if you look at the Warm Springs BART stations, there's going to be thousands of homes continuing to be built in that area, in that region. But you also have lots of good schools all around. Uh, you have some very top schools, and then you have some that are, aren't the top schools, but still excellent schools, seven plus rated, things like that. You have lots of commercial space. You have delicious uh, restaurants and lots of Asian food out in that area. And then you have a wonderful, a couple actually parks, but a wonderful large central park, which if you have not checked out, you need to check out. It's, it's pretty amazing of how they were able to do that back in the day and also still maintain it today. Excellent place to take family and friends. And you'll see lots of events, lots of picnics, uh, lots of um, kites uh, being flown out there. It's a great spot for families. So congratulations, congratulations to Fremont. Once again, top 20 best places to live in the U.S. So we got some interesting news that, that we'll see if this actually um, gets passed. But I'd like to kind of share this because they, these are all positive reasons of why California real estate is so valuable and so important. So California real estate in the game is about appreciation. Why, why did it appreciate so much in the past? You may like it. You may not like it. It's entirely up to you. Combination, very high income. People in the Bay Area, people in California make much higher incomes than everywhere else in the country. So there is that aspect. There's the aspect of we don't build much. That's a problem. It is what it is. It's not of our control to do, but that's just the reality of the supply side of things. The only really areas to build are places further out, and people may not want to be at those places further out. So that's it is what it is. Number three, limited areas to build, right? Combination of potentially of zoning, combination of the aspect of just places to really be able to build. So you have all these criterias. So that's why typically home prices have, have appreciated much more historically over an extended period of time versus most places in the country. So what does that mean? One of the things as a homeowner has always been there is the exclusion tax side of things, capital gains exclusion. So what is a capital gains exclusion? It's basically if you were to own a home out of the most recent two out of five years, you can sell it for capital gains exclusion up to $250,000 if you're a single person, a single filer, or, or $500,000 for a joint filer. Now, that is very, very positive, right? I mean, if you own a home in the last couple of years, you may have been able to start taking advantage of some of it. Now, imagine if you were owning for a decade, or imagine your parents that have owned the home for decades. How much do you think their equity is? Their equity versus their cost basis is millions it's many millions right and so now what california realtors have done is well in the california association of realtors is they introduced this bill and we'll see if it gets passed but it's an interesting thought process more homes on the market act because as you can see with higher rates there's gonna be a less incentive to want to sell because of one you're not gonna be able to get the same rates again for anywhere that you buy so they, but they already have other moves, especially if you're like a, if you're an elder, uh, if you're a senior, you have the ability to to carry on your property tax basis 
from one home to another. At the same time, they've introduced this bill to increase the capital gain exclusion amount on the sale of a principal residence to $500,000 for single filers and $1 million for joint filers. That's absolutely incredible. That's even more motivation because that is a that is a thing that a lot of uh, original owners, those that live in their home for a decade plus, have been dealing with. Like, I don't really want to move. It's already a pain to move. But now I have these different things related to taxes. Like, I got to pay extra taxes if I move. Like, why would I want to do that? I'd rather just stay in this. But if you increased it and it starts to, to lower that amount, that's much more beneficial to the individual because not just do they pay less taxes, they can then think of, okay, now I got all this extra money that I can use to do something else with. And it's pretty incredible because the reality of a lot of the wealth in the world is actually in the boomer generation. So there are so many things that are just, just helping this generation of changing property taxes from a from one area to another, keeping the low property tax basis. Incredible if you're a boomer, right? Another one, selling the home and only paying much less in terms of uh, potentially of capital gains exclusions. Those are just all these so many perks that are in that generation. But that was that was what they was proposed. So we'll see if it gets passed. I think it would be absolutely incredible. It would free up much more inventory and options. But I don't know if it will, but we will see. But very exciting things, right? I mean, this is very, very significant for those that are planning any of their moves. Next, Bay Area offices packed big punch in 1.1 billion mega real estate deal, 180 million price tag for five Bay Area office buildings. You see this happening over and over and still happening today, right? These moves are still going on. People are still buying office buildings. I mean, look at this. San Jose, San Carlos, Walnut Creek offices accounted for a big chunk, nearly $200 million of a coast-to-coast -coast mega deal for dozens of properties, suggesting the Bay Area still remains a magnet for real estate investors. Incredible. Like they, like these investors, they still see significant value in, in office buildings. I and mean, look at this. In San Carlos, two buildings, 103,000 square feet, sold for $111 million. I mean, you, you see this at the end of the day, it's not about market timing. It's also by diversification of these players, right? You can see even for your own portfolio, you got to think about yourself. If you've been thinking about getting into real estate, it's not just, oh, I'm trying to buy at a good deal. Look at your overall portfolio. How has it been doing? Does, and is it balanced? Maybe you should get some more real estate in this portfolio. Maybe you should get less real estate. It's just about having that as the mindset and the understanding, like, it's not like your stock portfolio has done incredibly well over the last six, seven months. But what if it was balanced and it could have been lessened? And at the same time, you get the proper exposure. And so that's the idea. Like, that's why they're doing what they're doing. They're still making these huge deals because what's their alternative? Stock market, crypto, bonds, they're not going to be yielding the type of uh, returns that they have been expecting. So that continues to happen. Next, let's go over this one first. Massive tech campus construction project emerges in downtown San Jose. Office hubs construction shows big developers' confidence in downtown district. So this is happening all around the Google Village platform and Google Village area. But that being said, the key about this is that this is not just for Google. So this is not just a Google project. This is actually just additional office space that is nearby. That's the incredible part about it. And that's what I've been telling for weeks and months at a time. The key about this is that as Google builds, 
other developers will build around it so that other companies will try to go nearby and take talent from these other players. It happens everywhere. It happens in Seattle. It happens in Austin. happens definitely in the Bay Area. You also see some of it in, in um, Silicon Beach in Southern California. So they continue to do this. So it's always very exciting because it continues to build it much larger. So you can see the once it's created, this will have 5,500 jobs in this area. So that's still absolutely incredible. So a lot of growth continues to happen in the west parts of downtown San Jose. And uh, we look forward to continue to see these developments and these moves still happen even in this market. Now, that doesn't mean all good news, right? Because a lot of companies, not a lot, sorry. Some companies have not done that well. And so Meta is an example, right? Meta had its cash cow, but it continues to get just affected by so many different industries, whether it's TikTok for people of attention, whether it's ad spend is much less because of all the different rules and permissions that Apple has done when it comes to privacy, whether it's also a combination of the shift to the metaverse, which is not a proven model at all. There is no business there at the moment, but it's a huge uh, capital expenditure. So now they're, they've been dialing back. And so when they dial it back, they're going to potentially be laying off people. They're also going to be cutting back office space. Now, they're downsizing office space to adjust for their own situation, but they also had probably too much because they've been building like crazy. Now, what's interesting, though, the main thing that's interesting here is what happens potentially to the um, the Google, the Willow Village. They have a project that's happening that's going to be brand new that was in the works for some time. Right now, as you can see, in the Bay Area, just to give you an idea, they own or at least 10 million square feet of office space in or around its Willow, its Menlo Park headquarters. This includes 1.6 million square foot with Willow Village, a mixed-use project the company has planned to turn into something of a Facebook hamlet, complete with apartments, cafes, and markets, as well as a 193-room hotel in a town square. So they had the big lofty goals, but now as things are not going to what it would be, it's going to be interesting to see if they will hold back on that altogether. Now, to be fair, in the Bay Area, Meta has over 28,000 people out of the 120,000 employees it has across the world. So it's a, the Bay Area is by far the biggest hub for them, but we should not be, we should be expecting probably some cuts, likely some layoffs, especially for those that are underperforming and a reduction in office space. That being said, it's still 10 million square feet. That's a ton of office space. That's a ton of employees that are lever leveraging the, um, the, office the office itself. Well, that was it for this week's market update. Of course, if you have any questions about anything about your situation, you can contact me below at 408-547-4590. Happy to talk about your situation, about buying, selling, or investing, and what is the right game plan in this environment. Enjoy the weekend. See you in the next one. Bye now.